knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go. Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. New Ryan and I are here today. Uh, we're going to do the Missouri Project number two. Um, you know, we brought you to Missouri Project number one with Ryan Wascom and I. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot go on since then, a lot of exciting, uh, a lot of exciting stuff, some good, some bad. But uh, uh, before we get too far, as always, Southern Ag Credit, the Hunting Land Man podcast is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. They take great care of our clients. Uh, they do everything for us. We're doing in Missouri, and we've got a closing with them tomorrow. We had a closing with them last week. Always got something going on with Southern Ag Credit. Great company to work with. We highly recommend Alex and his crew, all the agents, I mean, all the uh, loan officers over there, they do awesome. They do a great job. So y'all give them a call, Southern Ag Credit. All right, go, here we go. Uh, Missouri Project number two. Well, uh, it is, what are we, November the 9th or something like that? 11th. November 11th, no, Veterans Day. Thank you for all our veterans out there who served. The kids had a little program this morning at school. It makes your heart smile when they sing God Bless America and we salute and, and, and give thanks to all our veterans who have served out there. So thank you for that. Uh, New Ryan and I actually went up to the farm and uh, hunted last week. But I'm going to, I'm, we're going to get to that, but I'm going to take you back. And later in the podcast, if we can do it, we're going to try to get uh, old Ryan. He's on the way to uh, Walnut Hills in Missouri right now. So we're going to try to get him on later. So as far as uh, up to speed, okay, if you listen to Missouri – if you hadn't listened to Missouri Project Number One, you need to stop what you're doing, go listen to that, and then listen to this. But if you didn't, uh, quick, quick. Okay, so we bought the farm called Walnut Hills. It's 360 acres up there. Uh, we bought that farm because we bought a farm last year that was 213 acres. Sold it within five months. Bought this new farm. And Ryan and I, this is this is a fun project, but this is an investment. You know, as much as I'd love to keep the one we have now, you'd have no idea how bad I want to keep it, but that's not part of the plan. We're planning on buying these places, improving them, and moving on to the next place and letting somebody else enjoy the work and, and sweat and tears we put in these places. So Ryan and I, uh, we got the farm in May. Ryan went turkey hunting. I had baby Rafe on the way, couldn't go. They killed some turkeys up there. And Ryan and I went back, and uh, like right around the 1st of June, we uh, we planted corn and uh, work on disc, and uh, I got to look at the property first first time. We put out cameras, salt licks, and got everything lined up. Um, 
Then we, uh, let me see, we went back up with me and my family, and then Ryan met us up there. We went back up in ooh, right around uh, the first week of August, last week of July, and planted um, uh, backwoods. We put in sugar beets, turnips, uh, rape, uh, some clovers, and, 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 and planted some really good stuff. Even put some alfalfa in one of the fields. But um, the plots are looking really good. We kind of had a drought late summer, but I tell you the main thing about Walnut Hills that we have been impressed with is the deer pictures. Oh, my goodness. We have had some giants on camera. Um, you know, this is 360 acres, and we've had properties a little bit bigger than this and a little bit smaller than this we hunted. And, you know, usually we get, you know, a handful of good shooters on camera, you know, four to six, maybe eight. I'm going to say that's... That's, you know, eight being on the super on the top end. Right now, well, as of, you know, preseason, we had 14 deer we we called shooters on camera, maybe 15 on 360 acres. And that was, you know, the deer had no reason to be there. We had, um, you know, we had green beans all around us. The rut wasn't there yet. And that's a lot. And I'm not talking about a lot of 120, 130-inch deer. I'm talking about a lot of 150-plus type deer. All right, so I've got y'all up to, we planted food plots. I actually went up there two different times to look at other tracks of land. One time, uh, let me see, in um, in uh, mid-October, well, shoot, let me back up. Early season, uh, Ryan went up opening week of the season, uh, hunted, I think, four days, two of the days in the afternoons. He had encounters with shooter bucks, uh, just a little bit out of range. And um, it's funny, the two bucks he saw was the big eight with the kicker office two. And uh, the deer we call the Framiate, which are going to come up later in the podcast, both bucks. Uh, but those are actually some of the smaller bucks on the shooter list. And, um, uh, you know, they're 140 to 150 inch deer. They're small, the smaller bucks on the shooter list. So we keep going forward. Ryan goes up in, uh, well, actually, I go up in, um, let me see, mid, yeah. Mid-October, I go up, and we had a bunch of uh, personal property we got with uh, Walnut Hills. We got uh, s- literally seven tractors, uh, a truck, a four-wheeler side-by-side, um, just so much equipment and tools, and you just couldn't imagine the amount of stuff. Of course, we didn't need all that. Now, we kept uh, one of the big tractors and a bush hog and a disc and a couple of things like that kept the full wheeler so us, for us to be able to use up there and improve the place. But we sold a lot of that other stuff. Really cool seeing that auction process and how that went down. And um, we were able to generate some income off of that. So there's always ways, you know, in this land game, you got to figure out pieces of the puzzle to make these deals work. So we, let me see, when I was up there, I went and mowed some of the standing corn that Ryan and I back up planted in uh, in early June. Um, the corn did pretty good. Some areas better than others, but it did pretty good. When I and when I mowed it, I, we put our cell cams out. I hunted the next two days. Didn't see many deer. It was just hot. A lot of activity around the farm with the auction and me doing a bunch of stuff up there. It was really about the auction is why I went. But as soon as I mowed that corn. It was like you flipped on a light switch. The cameras went crazy. Bucks and does, deer moving, daylight. I mean, there was deer moving everywhere, coming into the green, feeding into the corn. And that was the plan. So that would put a smile on Ryan and I's face. And we were really, uh, we were pumped up that that was working as well as we hoped it would. We got some box stands up, so put them in the standing corn. We designed all the food plots where we could ease in and out through the corn, very little pressure with access and, 
you know, it was working out. All the pieces were working out pretty good. So the cameras were looking so good. Ryan jumped in the truck. He went up and self-filmed for two days. First day he was there, he had a counter one deer we called the Big Ten. Big Ten, we were calling 155. Ryan said we were way off. He was 160, 165 when he saw him in person. Actually, the deer got within shooting range, but it uh, trying to self-film, Ryan couldn't get it done. Wind switched. He had to get in the ground blind. He was in the box blind. And uh, Ryan got in the ground blind a couple of days later, I think three days later. Bear Cub came up and filmed. And um, they were able to have the, let me see, they had a deer we call Tex, which is another giant eight. And the the kicker two deer that Ryan had encountered with earlier in the year. And Ryan actually killed the kicker two deer. Congratulations, Ryan, on that. 151-inch eight-point with a big kicker off his G2. Just a big old brute mast, long time, just... It's what you go to the Midwest for, them big old giants like that. So uh, congratulations, Ryan. Well, of course, that got me all pumped up and thinking about that big 10-point. He didn't get killed. So then we get to new Ryan and I. We're heading up to the farm. Uh, so I'm going to bring Ryan in right now. Uh, Ryan, I've been up to Walden Hills several times. This was your first first time he's really been hunting in the Midwest and first time, of course, to Walnut Hills. Give me your Give me your two-minute take of walnut hills yeah like you said i mean obviously i've been you know i've been through the midwest a lot just driving through trying to get to other locations but this was my first time to truly sit down and and be in the area and just kind of work and hunt and just kind of do a lot of the things out there and it was you know scott mr scott Lindsay, my soon-to-be father-in-law he texted me and uh he said what's your thoughts up here and the only word I could come up with was gorgeous. And he called me and he started laughing and he said, that's, he said the first time he ever went out there, that was the same exact thoughts he had. I mean, it's just, it doesn't get much better than that. But it, it was a lot different from what I was used to growing up hunting. You know, I, our deer camp is out in Utica, Mississippi. So it was a little bit different from what I'm used to. And, um, you know, it was, it was, Definitely an experience and one I won't forget and looking forward to go back for sure. So Ryan was super impressed, uber impressed, and we had a good time. Our weather was real good the first couple of days, and the deer movement was, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the first week of November. That's when we were there. I'm not a huge fan of that week. I think it can be great. I've killed deer that week, but also can be slow. All right, so the first day we go, first afternoon, was it the first afternoon? Yeah, first afternoon we had an encounter with the Framey 8. Big old beautiful 8-point frame bigger than the deer Ryan killed. Probably wouldn't score as much because it didn't have as much mass, but just a big old brute of a whitetail. Came in, got to uh, about 48 yards, you know, never really slowed down, messing with those and stuff, and got out of right there. in front of Ryan's blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, walked 10 yards from Ryan's blind. And um, anyway, so we got out of the bucks and does chased each other out. So we got out of there relatively quiet that afternoon. So, of course, we went and hunted somewhere else the next morning. That afternoon, back in the mowed corn spot that I actually mowed as soon as Ryan and I got up there and got in one of the new box blinds. And, man, the deer started coming. And um, sure enough, it was getting late. And we were like, oh, maybe not happening this afternoon. I looked behind the blind from a different spot, and there came the big eight. And all the does had left. They, for whatever reason, they got spiker four point was yeah. chasing them around. Yeah. And uh, Ryan and I both said, "All we need is one doe up here, and he'll come up here and look." And I, I never even saw. 
I never saw the frame eight until he was walking up. And so we're sitting there. Slade's looking out the back window. We had the back, each of the back windows covered up. And so he was peeking through the glass. And, uh, you know, I, I got the camera just waiting. And we're just sitting there saying, we just need to do. We just need to do. We just need to do. All of a sudden, one just tur- one, just a solo doe, just turns the corner around the corn, walks out, and he cut on a line and come up. And I never saw him until he got probably right by that scrape, right coming right by the scrape tree. And uh, yeah, so continue. So we get into the bad part of the story. Um, so the deer walks up there and I arranged some ruts from when I'd mowed the corn and I said, okay, that's 32. He was about two or three yards on the other side of that. You know, I think he was about 34 yards and Slade just put the pins on him and let it go. And the deer ducked and I barely clipped his neck and, and it was not anything to do with the duck. Now, if the deer didn't duck, yeah, he probably kills him, but that, that's no excuse. I did not take my time. I got buck fever and I made a bad shot. And um, it's part of it. Uh, it won't be the last one I ever miss, good Lord willing. And, and you know, it it, it happened. The deer um, was fine. Uh, I ran out there, stopped on the edge of the plot, and then eased off. And uh, we actually got pictures of him at a scrape that night. Got pictures of him in daylight the next two days at a scrape in the morning. We were then hunting another big giant nine, and we call it like the, the pig nine, up at another spot, uh, didn't ever, didn't see him, but then we hung a stand, uh, for the, the scrape that the big frame eight was daylighting on. We couldn't get where we wanted to because of the wind. So we're hunting across the holler. He never showed up, uh, actually daylighted the next afternoon at the same, still couldn't get in there because we had the south wind. Our last afternoon, we hunted a stand where the big pig nine was and, um, Ended up right at last, I mean, last two minutes of shooting light. I looked and I said, there's a deer down there running. Sure enough, it's a deer we call the Dagger 8. I mean, it's shooting the Dagger 10 comes up there. I mean, I think the deer's 160 plus. And uh, he comes up there. He walks within shooting range on this side of the blind, but it's done got so late. And actually, the deer kind of boogered up. Our wind was blowing that way, and he, but he came around to the other side of the blind then another deer, we call the wraparound nine, comes, he's a shooter too, or old enough, he's not a huge deer, but he, he came. He had to have been standing out there, at least for a little bit. Yeah, he, he was somewhere in the field because we were looking the other way. strolled right out and, in front of us. Yeah, he walked right past us, 25 yards, this is after shooting light, squares up with the dagger tent, and they fought for a couple of minutes out there in front of us right after camera and shooting light, and they fought for a while. I'm pretty sure the dagger 10 won because he showed back up. Um, he showed back up. Excuse me. Um, he showed back up and um, and and chased around some does and stuff. And the wraparound nine never did show back up. So, and actually, we got pictures of the dagger uh, the dagger 10 at other spots that night. He was really cruising around. All right. So that was a week ago. Now rifle season starts. Saturday. So in Missouri, you get two tags, uh, one before rifle season starts, and then you know you get another one once rifle season starts. Ryan, of course, is out of tags right now, but Saturday he gets another tag. He gets a rifle tag on Saturday. Now he could use a bow, but he's electing to use a rifle, which is a really cool thing about Missouri and attractive about Missouri is you can get two tags. Uh, anybody can. You don't have to be a landowner. Anybody can. So uh, Ryan's going back up there. He'll be up there tonight in the morning. He's going to let it get daylight, kind of watch from the camp, which is awesome. Walnut Hill has unbelievable views. We did the same thing 
the first day new Ryan and I went up there and uh we uh we saw a deer sitting from the camp that morning and um it was actually the best morning hunt we had yeah. from the camp yeah. and uh so Ryan's gonna go up there mow some corn move some box blinds around kind of get set up for rifle season on Friday he's hitting it perfect too because it's gonna be like 25 mile an hour mm-hmm. winds so they're not gonna hear him moving around nothing like that deer aren't gonna be moving in that wind cold front's gonna hit the next morning it's gonna be like 27 degrees yeah. I think the high is supposed to be like and he's gonna have the boom stick with the bush nail on top <laughs> rocking and rolling he's gonna be um it's going to be good. I think Ryan's going – Ryan, I think, is going to do really, really good. And really, the deer activity on the cell cams has picked up immensely since we left. I don't know. That first week of November, it's not my favorite week to hunt. and never has been. I've just had – I mean, of course, we did get a shot. That You'd was, even said on the way up there, it's always hit or miss. It's hit or miss. I've killed a big – I killed a big eight just north of there on November 3rd one time. And I like the last week of October or the second or third week of November better. Um – Fast forwarding to now, uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to go back up in December. I'm going to let Ryan have his hunt up there. Uh, we'll still have a lot of standing food, all the sugar beets and turnips and radishes that we planted. The deer are really starting to hit those turnips, and we got a lot of food. So as the crops that they've harvested, as that food runs out and the acorns runs out in the woods, we should get even more deer than we have now, which is the idea. we got a lot of standing corn left. I got probably 85% of our standing corn left and plus all those turnips. So it should get really good December, some cold weather. And those box blinds will definitely pay for themselves once uh, we have to go up there when it's really cold. Uh, Something that we did not cover, um, but right before new Ryan and I went up there, Ryan and I, old Ryan and I had a... uh, had a uh, another farm come up that we were very interested in. Ryan went and looked at it when he was up there, and uh, I actually haven't seen it yet, but Ryan and I bought uh, are buying another farm over kind of by our old farm over towards Sullivan County in that area, uh, over by Milan, uh, Kirksville area. We're buying another farm, so it's going to be a really good farm. Needs a lot of work on it, which we like. We like to go in there and put our own touches on it. It needs some timber cut for some bedding area, some areas cleaned up, put back in crops. And it's the thing that attracts me around about it so much is it's right by a bunch of bottom fields, which super food all year for the deer. As soon as they cut all those crops in those bottoms, I'm talking about like 300 yards away, there is a like thousand acre block of timber, solid timber. It ain't a two acre food plot in it. I mean, a thousand acre block that connects to our southern border. So you get all that food. All that timber, which that much timber is not normal right in there. And then we got the place right up on the north side of it. So I think it'll be um, pretty darn good. We get in there, put some good food plots in, and, and, and create get the habitat like we want. And I think it'll be a really good farm for an end user one day once we get it like it needs to be. It's rough right now. Most people would look at it right now and say, ugh. Ooh, it's kind of an ugly form, but I think it's a diamond in a rough, and I think it's going to be really good. So we'll keep y'all updated on that as we continue these Missouri Project podcasts. Uh, while I got y'all on here, I'm going. We're going to try to call uh, Ryan Wascom and uh, see how his trip's going. He's on the way to Missouri, and uh, we're going to see if we can get him on the phone. All I got to do is call him. Oh, All right, y'all. Preface this: This is the first time we've ever tried the- it, so bear with us. And the ringtone you heard earlier that was because we got to hook it up to Bluetooth. So. Apologize for that. So here we go. All right. So I'm calling Ryan now. I need to do anything else? I think that's it. All right. It says calling.
Is this Rackbuck Ryan? This is him. I hear you. Well, we got you. You're alive on the podcast right now. This is the first time we've ever called in somebody, so you should feel you should feel like super lucky. I'm surprised it worked, honestly. Can you hear us pretty good? Ryan, we still got you? Uh-oh. Hey, you there? Yeah, I still got you. Okay. I, I, I heard very little of what you said. Anyway, this is the first time we've ever had anybody. We had a call in on the podcast, so you should feel super lucky. Oh, yeah. First time, baby. Where are you I'm at? <laughs> I am about 70 miles south of St. Louis. So what, you got about five and hours left? Yeah, about five hours, and I'll be up in God's country at Walnut Hill. That's right. That's right. Well, we just uh, brought everybody up to speed about your deer, about my miss, about what's been going on, about the new farm. We just kind of wanted to uh, get you and let you bring everybody up to speed, okay? Of course, me and you have been texting back and forth all week. Bear Cub killed a giant deer this week on the move, cruising. What's your predictions? What's your thoughts? What's your game plan for this week with the boomstick? Well, uh, you know, I'll get up there this evening or, or tonight, and, and tomorrow I'm going to get up. i got to move two box stands. We have them set up, you know, really for bow hunting. So I'm going to move those around where I can kind of get in and out of those two spots fairly easily in the morning times and afternoons. Uh, that way, you know, not, not spooking anything. Weather, uh, from everything that I have seen and I've been watching, the weather has been fairly warm. Uh, cold front hitting uh, tonight and tomorrow. So the weather for Saturday should be good. It should get these deer back up on their feet. Uh, you know, our cameras were, they kind of died off whenever you were getting ready to uh, come home. But everything now it's, it's pretty much at night i mean we're getting some daylight activity but uh hopefully these bigger deer are, are up and, and this cold front will just really just bust this thing wide open i th- and you can watch around social media you know that that it, it seems to have slowed down a little bit as as it when we had that cold front the other day they were rocking and rolling but it seems to have slowed down uh something that did happen you know, since I left, Ryan is going to get the benefit of is a lot, like a lot of the, we didn't have any of the big deer, you know, 150 plus is mm-hmm. on camera besides the last day when we had uh, the Dagger 10. We didn't have any of those deer on camera, but now a lot of them are getting on camera. So Ryan's hitting that right. Yeah, they're starting to move around a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know if it necessarily locked down or what when you were first there. Uh, but they are, they're up moving around now, probably, you know, probably got a little love in there. And once they get that smell, they got to, they got to keep searching for it until it runs out. So uh, a lot of that probably the reason why they're up moving around. And, and hopefully, you know, we had some deer on camera earlier, uh, right before both season opened up that we haven't seen since. And uh, hopefully some of those, and they were big deer. And hopefully some of those deer may come uh, drifting back through also. Yeah, I think that's going to be good. Are you going to move the rooster hole and the lone oak? That's the two you plan to move? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to move those two stands uh, just back a little bit. Uh, mainly because, I mean, like the lone oak, it's a 
really big plots. So I know there's going to be does and stuff in there, uh, you know, at night or so. When I get ready to go in early that morning, instead of just taking a chance trying to spook everything, if I could place that stand back uh, with the winds that we're supposed to have, you know, I can ease right in there and get in the blind very easily and, and not spook anything out of the corn where we got it mowed and down on the greens, the big backwood spot that we have on the bottom. Right, right. I think you should definitely think about possibly moving, uh, maybe, maybe moving that Tupac stand, we call uh, moving it back too, so you can see back over the hill. Because what we're seeing, like that Dagger 10, how he moved to those other plots that afternoon after we saw the fight, you know, it shows us that he's moving down through that fence gap. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about that. I, I got to get there and just basically kind of, uh, I'm going to use the tractor, you know, just kind of stand up on the tractor on the side there to kind of elevate myself to look and see what I can see. I, I'm thinking that some of these deer, you know, it's a big pocket of timber down in there. And, and what I've always noticed, is, you know, and everybody else that hunts there, they, you always hear about people killing very big deer on a little bitty, uh, you know, a little bitty finger or a little bitty, just a little pocket of woods. Uh, of those big bucks, they'll push those does in there to keep those other deer away from it. So with those, like that fence row goes down and feeds uh, down by our pond and stuff there, and then how it feeds over towards the long oak. I mean, I look for those bucks to be, if they don't have a doe, I look for them to be using that, maybe looking for a doe or two right there laid up and, uh, and like say, if we move, if I move that stand back over up on top of that hill, I'll be able to see down in there. And and I think that hopefully I won't even have to use that spot. But if nothing else, I mean, we'll at least be set up and uh, be able to see a pretty good ways there. And as long as you can see, you know, that's the thing, rifle hunting. Uh, as long as you can see fairly decent ways, you you should be in the chills. I think you're going to really hit it good, man. I'm excited for you, and I think I think you're thinking right. Ryan uh, actually killed one of his best deer he's ever killed just north of there at one of our old leases with this exact same scenario. Box stand, finger of woods, deer hadn't showed up in a while. Boom, gets there, open and air rifle season, kills basically a booner. Yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, I, you know, you talked about Luke earlier and stuff, but, uh, Luke, he tried to talk. He didn't try to talk me out of going to that spot that morning, but like he, he wasn't far. He just wasn't far at all. And Luke was filming me. And, and we lost you, Ryan. Earlier in the season. Hey, are you there? Yeah, you said Luke. What? I said, you know that that spot. Luke, he tried to. He didn't talk. He didn't try to talk me out of it. But like he, you could tell he didn't want to go sit there and film. And I just told him, I said, look, this is where we've been getting the most pictures of the deer that we want to hunt. Let's go to his area and wait on him. And that's pretty much the same thing, you know, uh, that I'm going to do here at Walnut Hills is go to the area where we've been getting bumps on camera and just be patient. Well, I think you're going to be in the chips, man. The way that place lays with those new box stands and the weather you're going to get, man, you're going to have fun. That's going to be a... Uh, it's going to be a fun time. I know you're excited. You got, uh, who you got, Delmar coming up there to film you? Yeah, yeah, old buddy, old Delmar, Jake Schiller, he's going to come film and stuff. And uh, 
I'll tell you what, you can tell that it is getting close to opening day of rifle season because I'm headed north on I-55, and I'm just steadily uh, seeing convoys of vehicles headed north with Louisiana plates and Mississippi plates. Oh, yeah, they headed up there to get some of that rifle season up in the Midwest with them big old body bucks. Well, you're going to leave me down oh, here. Yeah. I'm going to show some property here this afternoon, and me and Bentley's going to try to crawl in a stand tomorrow afternoon. And, you know, it's youth time with a rifle right now in Mississippi, so we're going to try to get him on one and uh, try to get him on something anyway. But I'm excited for you, man. Keep us updated with what's going on. Uh, I told everybody about the new farm, and um, we just got a lot going on up there, man. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's exciting time for us. I can tell you that. I mean, to to go from uh, you know leasing a place to owning a place up here, and, and then being able to do what we're doing to it, it's just made the deer hunting so much better. And I tell you what, not only is the deer hunt getting better, but every picture we get, uh, we're steadily getting more and more gobblers on camera. Also, so uh, we're going to have a great springtime up here. Also. Oh yeah, the turkeys. I think that has a. See, we let the uh, we let some farmers come in and mow the CRP, which is a legal thing to do. And I think that clean CRP plus all that food is just making everything. But you know, the deer's better. The the turkeys, man. We God, dog, we get some turkeys. And look, we kept hearing them gobble up there every morning. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, one doesn't get too fired up, start gobbling, and get my brain thinking about turkey season and get me off course. That's right. That's right. Well, good, man. Well, well, be careful. Keep us updated and good luck to you. Hopefully the Missouri Project 3 podcast will be me telling everybody about the big rack buck you killed. Hey, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I'll do my best to keep everybody updated and uh, y'all keep the uh, office straight around there. We're going to keep them in line. You be careful. Thank you, man. All right, man. All right, that was Rackbuck Ryan, as you heard. He's uh he's headed up there. I am a little bit jealous, I ain't gonna lie. But me and me and Bentley gonna have a big time this weekend hunting. And we're gonna hunt Friday afternoon and Saturday here at the house. Had a little rain, a little cold front just move into southwest Mississippi, so the hunting ought to be good. Uh, you know, rifle season starts here in about two weeks here, so I know a lot of people are pumped up about that. I you know, I pretty much only bow hunt, but uh, it's a fun time to, to see everybody in town that doesn't come in except for rifle season and see a bunch of big rack bucks hit the ground. It just it's starting to finally feel like hunting season in the south with the leaves turning and the you know the ryegrass is coming up. Thank God I got some rain on my grass today, so that should help. And uh, we're just pumped up, man. This Missouri project, this is going to be something we keep uh, keep going. You know, letting y'all know what's going on up there. We are, you know, usually you know we're talking about representing our clients but we're the buyers here and anybody can you know we're i'm showing you the formula about and this doesn't have to be in missouri it could be in kentucky it could be in mississippi it could be in louisiana it could be in in montana you know we're going we got super comfortable with the prices the area and so we're buying properties and 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 doing the things we need to do and 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 turning them over uh to the end user in a couple years is the plans and, uh, you know, this formula can be re- replicated everywhere. Everybody talks about buying houses and doing this. We're just doing it with land. 
Uh, we hope y'all are enjoying it. We are having such a good time. It is an investment. Now, that's something that I'm having a hard time with because I'm like, oh, dog, I hate him. I was telling New Ryan the whole time we were at the farm. I said, I hate to sell this place, but that's not part of the plan. This is an investment. We're turning these things over, and we're just having a good time doing it. And thank the good Lord we're able to do what we're doing because we are having a good time, and we're truly blessed. Before we get off of here, Ryan, any more thoughts about Walnut Hills? I'm ready to go back. The man said he's ready to go back. Well, uh, well, we appreciate y'all listening. New, I got to go show some property here. I'm going to shoot 402 acres in Adams County this afternoon. New Ryan is going to work on this podcast. He's heading. Where are you heading? Duck hunting? Nebraska. Man heading duck hunting in hey, Nebraska tomorrow morning. He's going to hopefully be sending some pictures of some uh, mallards and all kinds of stuff up there, and hopefully he'll have a good time and be careful. Well, uh, we're going to get out of here. Thank y'all for listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast, Missouri Project Number Two. We out. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunt and Land Man podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written view, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them.